Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey guys, this is April Talbert of Gabby Grace Boutique, hanging out in the studio with my girl Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. It's DJ King, you know how I'm rocking. It's DJ King, you bastards, rocking with Miss Ina Esco in the Verbally Effective podcast. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. Hey, guys, I need you to hit that subscribe button on the Ina Esco YouTube channel. You've been doing pretty good the top of this 2023, but I need you to hit that button even more now. Also, follow all the socials at Verbally Effective. You know, this is the podcast that intersects art culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis flair. And check it out today. I have a young lady that is blazing trails in this social media whole scope in this women's empowerment game. I love her. She is doing an amazing job. She is the queen of conversation. She is the host of Tea Time with Tori. And we're going to talk about her new endeavor at the Hyatt Centric. I am talking about Tori. Thompson. Hello, beautiful. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, lady? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Yes. Um, I think the last time that I saw you, I was like, uh, when you bring your tea time with Tori back? You know, it's a it's a process. Um, I I tend to sit on my art a lot in fear of it not being accepted the right way or okay. not being interpreted in the right way. I always wanted to be right, but what I'm learning now is that sometimes you just got to gather what you have and make it work and, you know, put that content out and just hope that the world receives it. And that's interesting that you said that um, because you were rolling, um, you you know, for a while and then it came to an abrupt end. Yeah. What happened? Um, Well, I was fresh out of college. I was broke. I was Mm -hmm. producing a show all on my own, buying all of the um, necessities for the show on my own things of that nature. So it got pretty expensive for me to do it by myself. Um, that, in addition to, I had a, I was doing it at a venue that actually told me one day to tone it down and not make it too black. They because, said those words? Um, not in those words, but, that's what but they that was the gist of it. Yeah, because there were going to be a, a lot of white people in the room that day, and they didn't want them to uh, feel out of place or feel offended by anything that was said. But what was crazy is those people were from Canada and they were like, they came up to me during intermission and was like, we got to go and we hate that we have to go, but we never have seen anything like this in Canada. Like we really wish we could stay. They was encouraging me. Yeah. Telling me to keep going. So they were really tuned into the show. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it was just like the same people that y'all told me to tone it down for. Mm -hmm. They want me to kick it up a notch. So how, how does that work? So when they told you that, how did you respond? Did you tone it down or did um, you keep it? They actually sent a black person. Uh, I think it was like one black person on their staff. They sent the one black person on their staff to me to tell me, I guess, so that I would receive it better. I still received it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And no, I didn't tone it down. I actually made it more black. I said, we're going to be as black as we possibly can. And then at the end of that show, I told them that we would no longer be frequenting that venue. And I told them mm-hmm. why. 
And um, I said, you know, if if you stand with me, you'll be in solidarity with me on boycotting this place. And I think a lot wow. of us have not went back since then. That is so interesting. But I'm I'm so glad that you stood on your morals with yeah. that, right? Yeah. Because most people would have toned it down, mm-hmm. played the game. I just can't. That's never really been in my character. I've always been the person that says whatever's on her mind. Mm-hmm. That's going to tell you exactly how she feels. And I just, I can't see myself conforming for anybody else's culture. My culture is, is real to me. It's specific to me. It's, it's precious to me. And I'm going to exhibit that and display that anytime yes. I can, you know. And you know what? That's going to make you a force to be reckoned with in this industry. So, you know, if you got to sit out and regroup, it's okay. Yeah. Because I know Tea Time with Tour is coming back. But check it out, Tour. We're going to start at the beginning. I know that you're originally not from Memphis. You're from Bahia, Mississippi. Yes, I am. Country girl at heart. Country girl. Cornbread fed, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, we raised. see the glitz and the glam on social media. Uh, uh, probably a lot of people don't know you're from Bahia and you were a country girl. Yeah, they you're don't still know a country I used to girl. make mud pies when I was little, yeah. Okay, it's like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like okay, that. well, talk to me about your family dynamic. Um, well, I was raised primarily by my mom. Uh, I have actually 11 sisters, two brothers, actually three. 11 I, sisters? Yeah, 11 sisters and two brothers. It wow. was my dad, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I was raised in a house with my mom, my older, one of my older sisters, and my older brother. I'm the baby of the family. Okay. Um, so I think as a child, like, I always knew I was different. You know how that mm-hmm. say, like, you the Beyonce of the family or you the entertainment. People look forward to you coming. Like, I feel like if I'm not there, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And they've said that to me on several times. Like, they always look forward to me coming because I don't get to go around a lot because I work so much. Mm-hmm. So um, my family dynamic, I mean, we're really close on my mom's side, my dad's side. You know, we could use a little bit of work. Um, but my mom's side, I really love them. I value them. I, I care about them very deeply. Um, and every time, every chance I get, I do try to get to, you know, make my way out there so I can go see them and spend some time with them. That's good. Cause by hell you're right down the street. It really is right down the street. (laughs) We're roughly about an hour away now since I live downtown, but it's still worth the drive though. Yes, it is. Now, what was the young Tory interested in? What, what, you know, sparks your interest when you were young? When I was young, I was interested primarily in poetry and music. Uh, when I was in middle school, I found that I could write. I started writing poetry. I still write to this day. Sometimes I perform at showcases and things like that. Um, and I could sing. I always wanted to sing. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't sing in public because I'm very, I have very bad stage fright. I can talk in front of anybody. But, but when it comes to singing, it's very different. So um, okay. I always wanted to sing, but I never really built up the courage to like really pursue it. So when I realized how good I could talk, I said, okay, well, I just built my brand on that. You know what I'm saying? Saying things that people think but don't want to say. Mm-hmm. You know, or talking about the things that make us uncomfortable, but conversations that we need to have. So it just kind of went from there. Okay. Now, was there someone instrumental in your family that kind of gave you the uh to be outspoken and be confident and say what's on your mind? No, I, I can't say that. I think, like, in general, you know, the black family, we're used to sweeping things under the rug and... You know, when certain people come around, don't say that, that you know about this and mm-hmm. don't make sure you don't talk about that. And I'm just like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like holding back the truth does a disservice to that person as well as to you. Because then you keep all that stuff bottled up that you're thinking. And then the one day you finally decide to let it out, it's going to be in a negative way when mm-hmm. you could have just, you know, said it and not necessarily trying to hurt that person or you know what I mean? But just, you know, put them on game. Like, hey, you know, this is how I feel. Like, yeah. and it is what it is. Either you're going to deal with that or you're not going to deal with it. Either way, you know, 
this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just always been like that. Like, people, it's crazy because when I was young, people would just look at me and be like, Tori. And I'd just be like, what? Y'all was thinking it. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I said it. I just could never, I, I was never that person that just shut up for anybody. Mm-hmm. I always had something to say. I was always going to say it, be it a family member, a friend, a teacher, a principal. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. It was just yeah. whatever came out of my mouth, you, you was going to have to deal with it. So you're that friend in the friend circle that's going to keep it real with your friends. Very much. Very yeah. much so. And a lot of times they don't come to me and ask me for advice because they don't want to hear what I have to say. Um, like my best friend, Kenise, she will hold off on telling me things for years. For and years? And be like, yeah, we've, we've held out on telling each other stuff for years because like, I don't know how you was going to perceive this and mm-hmm. I didn't know what you were going to say, but it's like, I always look like my my truth is rooted in love. Mm-hmm. I always want people to know that it's never because I want to hurt you or because I want to make you feel bad about any of your life's choices or you know because I want you to look at your, yourself a certain way. It's just I want you to know the things that people other people are thinking, but they too afraid to tell mm-hmm. you. Like I just would prefer that come from me as your mm-hmm. friend. Now whether or not you perceive it mm-hmm. in, with the love that I was intending, you know, to give you. That's on you. But, again, I'm never going to sugarcoat anything for you because I don't want anything sugarcoated for me. Right. So We all need that that one friend to be that person. Now, I know that at one point you actually moved from Bahia out here to the M, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Why was there a transition in your high school life? Um, I actually got into a fight at school (laughs) in 10th Mm -hmm. grade. Um, The girl, she used to be my best friend in, like, middle school going into high school, and then, you know, young kids, they fall out and stuff. And um, one day she walked up to me, and I was standing in her way, and I kind of did it on purpose in retrospect. And she was like, move. And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. And she was like, move, bitch. And I was like, can I cuss on this one? You okay? Uh, (laughs) I was like, no. And she swung on me, and then, you know, we got the fighting or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was that. And my mama was like, I'm transferring you out because I had already had really bad disciplinary issues um, cause, I mean, you know, just cause you feel like you can say everything you want to mm-hmm. say don't always mean you need to sometimes. So I spent a lot of time in the principal's office when I was a kid. I was okay. very bad, a little reckless. Um, so when I got into that fight, she transferred me from Center Hill to Southwind in East Memphis. And when I got there, it was like culture shock cause I had never seen that many black people in my life, mm-hmm. but I felt like I'm finally at home. Like this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, kind of hit the ground running in school, joining, um, choir and I did a lot of after school stuff and uh, talent shows and things of that nature. I found my friends um, and I just kind of blossomed from there. After mm-hmm. that, I planned on going to a, what was it? Middle Tennessee. I got it. I got accepted to in Arkansas state, but I like three weeks before I was supposed to leave. Something just told me to stay in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I went to university in Memphis and I had the best time of my life, you yes. know, really finding myself. And um, from there, you know, like the, Towards the middle to end of my senior year, Tea Time with Tori was born. So it was. I don't regret anything about my move to Memphis. Memphis really raised me. Okay. And tell me about your major at U of M. I majored in communications with an emphasis in communication studies and sociology. So how was that curriculum and, and how did you thrive in that program? Uh, it was very easy. Um, I cannot say that I had one class that really challenged me, but it did teach me how to um, reevaluate the way I communicate with people um, as well as how... <clears throat> different men communicate with women versus how women communicate with men, things of that nature. Like, I think it really set the stage for where I am now because it taught me to, you know, really assess what I'm going to say before I say it, how to put things together, 
which is why how you know why I know how to make a show format like I do now or why I know how to operate tea time with Tori the way I do is because of the things that I learned in the classes. So I can't say that it challenged me, but it did really help me mm-hmm. uh, shape my career, I guess, to say. You know? Yes, my yes. Passion. Now, you started tea time with Tori while at the University of Memphis. Yes. So what was kind of like the trigger? Okay, let's get started. Let's start production. We're going to do this. And what was the motivation behind Tea Time with Tori? So I had two, uh, two of my male friends at the time. Um, they have Highlanders Media Group. Uh, now I don't know if that's if they're still doing it. We haven't talked in a few years, but they wanted they had an idea for a show. They was like, we could see you being like a black Oprah, but urban. And I was like, hmm, okay. So originally it began as the tea on Highland because we were having it in the Highland Strip, um, and then it also they wanted it to be reflective of their group, Highlanders Media Group. So we went with that. Um, the first show probably had like 12 people. My next show had like 200 people. So these were live shows. Yeah, it was live shows. You had to come okay. sit down and see it. Um, so yeah, I went from like 12 to like 150, 200 and it was, it just grew overnight and it was happening every Sunday. So every Sunday people knew we got to get down there to go see Tori cause ain't no telling what's about to be talked about. You know, we've talked about everything, how is life, situationships and social media, um, why black people hate each other. I've even done a, done a show at um, First Baptist Broad where I go to church. I uh, titled it Hypocritical Christians. Like, mm. you know, we, we've talked about a lot of things, and I feel like it was really a safe space for people to be heard, you know, because a lot of people want to say something. They want to talk about something. They want to share their views on something. They just don't have anybody that's listening. So in my space, I created a space where if you were going to judge somebody, you had to judge them from their seat. You can't get up and call nobody out on this and then the third. Y'all not going to be arguing. We're going to have a friendly debate. And regardless of whether or not y'all agree, at the end of the day, we're going to leave here in peace. Mm-hmm. And it was always like that. I've, I'm proud to say I've never had to put anybody out of a show. I've never had to stop anybody from saying anything. Like, all of my shows have been super peaceful and just really informative. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that about that. So what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned from creating Tea Time with Tori? Um... Uh, it's a few. Um, one, I think that, um, like we talked about earlier before we started filming, when when you're passionate about something, you can't really think about the money aspect in it. Um, I do wish that I had started earlier, like seeking sponsorships and things like that, so I could have kept going because now I've set on my passion for so long, other people are basically doing the same thing that I wanted to do. And it's like, dang, if I would have just kept going, but I could be. But they not you. That's, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> at the end that's, of the day that's, that's another thing you. now that leads me to a second point because you do see somebody doing something that you want to do and it's like dang I had this idea or I wanted to do that and I just didn't move quick enough and you start to feel guilty but it's like God will make room for you mm-hmm. when it's meant for you you know what I mean God will God will definitely show you your purpose he's not going to show you your purpose without making room for your purpose and giving you the opportunity to pursue your purpose mm-hmm. so I'm Sometimes on those days where I do want to beat myself up, like, damn, Tori, it's been three years. You know, what you going to do? I also have to remember that people do still remember that I'm tea time with Tori. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those that have been to my show, they knew the value in it. And so when I do have it again, I'm sure that they'll be back. So why did it stop? I told you I was broke. Okay. Fresh out of college, broke, honey. What about the Highlanders uh, Media Company? They was out of college, too. We was all broke. <laughs> <laughs> we all didn't have no money. You're talking about in college working four jobs and barely making ends meet. At the time, people weren't getting paid Mm -hmm. good to do certain things. And, like, in communications, if you don't come out of college and land a good communications job, Mm -hmm. 
you might go somewhere where you're making 30000 a year and 30000 a year in Memphis, you can live, but you can't yeah. do and live. You just got to choose. Did you ever want to do TV, television news? Absolutely. Or? Um, okay. I Well, my originally, my first major was journalism. So I wanted to be a news reporter. Mm-hmm. Well, first I wanted to be a news writer. I wanted to write in the newspaper. Got a little older, figured out people don't read the newspaper no more. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I want to be on TV. I want to be a, a, a news reporter. Watched the news and saw how sad it was. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to report on this stuff every day. Like, this is depressing. Mm-hmm. So got out of that. Um, and I bounced around a bit, like, trying to find people that were in the same field. I did a few things with, um, I forget his name, but at the time we were about to put out this thing called Lights in the City, which is basically like a we were going to travel around in Memphis and interview people and, you know, maybe do some stuff on Bill Street, stuff like that. It never really you know, jumped. So then I started doing interviews on my own, which mm-hmm. for a while it worked. But then you you have people, I'm trying to say a lot without saying too much, you'll have veterans in this game or in this in industry in Memphis that will literally cut off your access to what? certain things. So um, you'll go somewhere, and because they know that person, they've already had that in their interview, and then they say, oh, well, don't interview with her. Or, mm. you know, don't, don't do this with her. Or... No, I can't get you no VIP pass backstage. Or no, they, this person, they already left, even though they've been in, in men Memphis. and women. Yeah, Mostly it, men, I'm sure. And, and now men, the caveat to men is a lot of men are, are more than welcome or, or they're happy to do things for you as long as you give them something in return. Mm. And I just, mm-hmm. I ain't like that. You know what I mean? I, I value my, my dignity and my self-respect yeah. far too much to be putting a price on myself. You know, so... Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll get you this interview, but what you going to do for me? You know what I mean? Or, you know, you're going to come and we're going to go on this date or, you know, what you're doing later on the night. And it's like, man, luckily I have met a few people, very few people that have been genuine through and through. And I know if I call them and I ask them for something or if I know that a show is coming up and I need access to it, they will do whatever they possibly can and at least try to get me that. But everybody's not like that. Some of these promoters can be the absolute worst. They can be vicious. They yes. can be very vicious. And the entertainment industry is a cutthroat business off top. Like, uh, we've seen it. We've we've been through it. Um, I, I can relate to a lot <laughs> on what you're saying. Um, but I don't. what I don't like is, you know, you said a veteran in the industry. It's time for the veterans to, to make room. Yes, please. Exactly. And they want to hold on so <laughs> So close. bad, yes. And it's like, man, not to say yeah. your time is up, because I don't believe in telling people that. But it's like, come on, bro. You see a young person trying to do something with themselves, trying to make way, trying to put themselves on. And I was at the time, I was really hustling. I was really grinding. I was at everything with an iPhone in my hand. Just, hey, can I talk to you for a second? You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that, like. It's just hard. It's just hard. Now, I do, from some of the interviews that I've done, I have certain people that come into the city, and they, they if I ask them for an interview, they automatically going to give it to me, like the D.C. Young Flies, the Daisy Banks, Carlos Miller. Like, I've built a rapport with them over the years, like Red Grant. Like, if they come and I they see me, oh, Tori, what's up? You know, da-da-da. Even, like, the last time, um, Carlos Miller, D.C. Young Fly, Daisy Banks, it was a, it was a, B. Simone, it was a few of them had a show at the Lander Center. I went, and I went backstage. I spoke to him, and um, D.C. was like, man, you know, where your stuff at? You know, I, I ain't seen you post nothing. Where, you know, what you doing? Why you ain't doing this no more? And I was like, damn, like. That's what us. we've been wondering, Tori. But it's like, it, it makes me feel bad in a way because it's like, man, a celebrity is on my ass yeah. about what I'm doing. And 
I I'm just like, man, I don't I don't know, you know. I just I just kind of got sidetracked. Then at working into that, you know, you work so hard to build other people's brands and other mm-hmm. people's businesses, and you make other people your passion projects that you forget mm-hmm. about yourself. Okay. So it's just, I don't know. But when I come back, though, I'm coming back with it. I know you're coming back So I hard. hope they're ready. I'm coming back real hard. <laughs> you heard T-Time with Tori. She coming back hard. Coming back hard. Now, let's talk about the social media landscape. Um, you know, influencers. I do consider you an influencer. It's a lot of young ladies that look up to you. They connect to you. They're checking for you. Um, this industry is a $16 billion dollar industry i mean it, it, we've talked about sponsors you gaining sponsors to me that would seem so easy for you with someone wanting to partner um with their brands yeah. unless you don't want to partner with that specific brand um no so for a while like i said when i was consistent with it i was getting i was getting offers left and right now the thing about that though sponsorships and stuff a lot of people even to this day will say hey i got a product i want you to promote i'm gonna send it to you just post something about it where's the payment Mm-hmm. Where the funds? They think the the transaction is, is just the is, product. Yes, and so you it's promoting. like um, a lot of those sponsorships that I got offered didn't go anywhere because they don't want to pay you. They just want to they want to make money, but they don't want to pay you anything. Mm-hmm. Brand ambassador uh, partnerships, people. I'm gonna give you clothes and you model them. Okay, you getting paid, but where? What am I getting mm-hmm. out of this? All I'm you should all get I'm a percentage a at least. Exactly. So people will approach me with things like that, but they don't always come with their ducks in a row. Um, so now I'm looking for the sponsorships that are beneficial to both people. Mm-hmm. Um, that And like I said, it's all about consistency, really. Like, you can have a good follower account, but if you only post it once a month, mm-hmm. don't nobody want you advertising for them because you're inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like, back when I was, like I said, back when I was consistent, I was getting them, and it was good. Um, but then I just kind of fell off. I started working, like I said, making, putting my passion into other areas that really I was not passionate about for real. I was just trying to help other people build their business. And tie myself to that in hopes of being successful when really I should have just been investing in myself. Okay. And it's all going to work out. Everything going to work out. Um, Now, Tori, do you feel that the social media influencer industry is a viable industry? Like for 2023, from what you look at when you're scrolling down Instagram, do you think that a person can actually scale their business at this point, being a social media influencer. Yeah, absolutely. With the right knowledge, the right uh, plan, the right content calendar, mm-hmm. you can do a lot. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like, it's people that have multi-million dollar businesses and you would never know. Mm-hmm. But all they did was advertise on social media, like, if you do it the right way. The downside to that is that anybody can be an influencer these days. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to be Ari. Everybody wants to be a Jada Waiter. Everybody wants to be... You know, the girl that used to sell do-rags or whatever. Everybody wants to be one of them. And it's like, be you. That's the easiest way, though. That's the easy way. That's the easiest way to scale your business or to make money on social media is to be you, not to be what you think people want you to be, not to be a replica of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, God don't bless that. God bless those that walk in their own purpose and in their own vision. Um and I think, like I said, that's the problem. You look up at every like the captions, the clothes, the, the content, hair. It's all, it's the, all same. the same. And it's like, damn, who who original these days? You know what yes. I mean? So with people like me, it's kind of discouraging for me because I mean, I know I'm still me. I know I'm still myself. But sometimes you be like, well, maybe I do need to switch it up and and do this, or maybe I do need to try to, you know, cater to this market. And you know, you go back and forth with that when you're a genuine person. But I. I think, like like I said before, what I'm learning is I just got to be myself. Like, I just mm-hmm. got to keep being me, keep doing the things that I believe in, keep saying what's on my mind, and the money going to come. 
Definitely. When you're yourself, your tribe will come to you. Yeah. Um, like just like those celebrities that say, hey, you know, why you even posting? They are really part of your tribe. They want to see you do well. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of talked before we turned the mic on about, you know, at one point there were so many brunches being advertised for women empowerment. Um, and I think we've probably all been to one, probably hosted one but really didn't get any value out of it. And they're still going on. I don't think along the scale that they were at one point. But what do you think about that whole, you know, brunch theme? I've hosted (laughs) several brunches, Uh and I will say... The women empowerment brunches. Yeah, the women empowerment brunches, air quotes. I will say they can be exhausting sometimes Uh because particularly when you know certain people that are panelists or that you know have something to say it's like you got up to say that or like they picked you to be on this brunch mm-hmm. like or even you decided <laughs> to throw this brunch like what made you what decide you said, not you, you. not you girl not you like I I love a good brunch when it's well put together and when the purpose of it is really thought out and they really do reach back and try to build the woman up but when you in it for the money it's just disgusting it's like mm-hmm. you can and it's very visible to the um to the consumer like I can tell that my time has been wasted here from people showing up late trying to make an entrance to people you know hey buy my book and I can tell you it'll tell you everything that I don't want to sit up here and tell you on this panel but if you buy this book it's going to make you successful the pitch Um, yeah come to my boutique Mm -hmm. you know and and wear my clothes and you're going to be a boss bitch if you get this you know, the boss babe two-piece outfit. Like, oh my God. come on. Like, it's it's like, man, y'all come solely to market yourselves and not market the message that mm-hmm. the brunch was intended for. Like, I feel like if you put forth the message that you were there to put forth, people will naturally gravitate towards you and want to support the things that you're doing. But when it's rooted in, in a monetary value alone, like, is never going to succeed. Mm-hmm. For that reason, it's a lot of things I will not tie my name to these mm-hmm. days. Like, I've done so many of them. I'm like, man, y'all got to come with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this about? Who do you have? Mm-hmm. Who's on the panel? What's the message? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What's the structure? What's the flow? You got to ask those questions. You have to because I, you'll get there. I've been to brunches that start three hours late. Mm-hmm. And people just sitting there. I'm just sitting there like, mm, you know, just twiddling my thumbs and, and moving my feet around. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you wasting... My time, your time, but you're wasting their time. And their time is what's most important because these are the people that pay yes. 50 80 $100 mm-hmm. to come here. Yeah. Like, in the middle of, you know, all this stuff that we have going on in the world. Like, people people don't have money for stuff like that to just be thrown away. And y'all make them throw it away. And that pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you focus heavily on women empowerment, uh, mental health, self-love. Why are those three things so important to you? Because I went through a lot of things as a child mentally. A lot of times I didn't love myself. Um, I never had women that really poured into me. A lot of, honestly, I I grew up with really trash friends. I got bullied a lot. Um, I never really had a real friend group until like my 11th grade year of high school. And even then I was so used to having terrible friends. I used to tell them, y'all not my friends. We just cool. You know what I'm saying? When I got into college, I met my best friend, Kenise. And I used to tell her, you're not my friend. Like, we, you know, that ain't my best friend. Like, we just cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was so scarred from the the relationships and the things that I had been through. I basically pushed away anything that I felt like was good for me. I didn't want to be around a whole lot of women. I didn't want to 
you know, have conversations with people. And a lot of that, like I said, shaped my mentality and who I was as a person starting out young. Like I said, I had a lot of disciplinary issues. Got into high school, used to fight all the time, used to argue with people all the time. And it, started, it, it became to a point where I would hurt you before you could hurt me. Mm. Or I would say something that would hurt your feelings before, before you could hurt mine. I would hit you before you could hit me. And over time, that just got exhausting. And I was like, where is this coming from? You know what I mean? Like, I had to reevaluate myself. Like, why am I like this? And when I started to really get to the root of it, it's like, man, you really got some deep-rooted issues that you got to work on. So the self-love part came when I was, like, you know, just battling through those insecurities that came along with that. Like, if you don't love yourself, you can't never put – you can't never give love. You can't never put forth love. You can never preach a message of love if, you know – the call is still coming from inside the house and you ain't even picked up the phone. You know what I mean? You can never empower somebody else if you are if you yourself are not empowered because you don't believe in you and because you have this negative mentality and this outlook on life. It, you know, I had to really do the inner work, and I'm still doing that to this day. You know what I mean? Sometimes we fall short and we get back into our insecure bag or our, um, you know, I don't got to uplift the next woman bag or what have you, and it's like, I think that we all have a responsibility, though, as women, we specifically black women, because the world not going to empower you. I mean, they are now, you know, back then they weren't. But even to a certain extent, like they still aren't empowering us in certain ways. We got to help each other do that. Mm -hmm. So that's really where all of that stems from and where I am with it now. And those things are just really important to me. So I try to preach that every chance I get, you know, love yourself, mm -hmm. value yourself. And value the, the woman next to you. You never know who that woman is and how she could change your life. And every time I host something, I say that when we take breaks. Go talk to the people in this room. They might hold the keys to the doors that you've been trying to open forever. But you will never know because you was too shy or too timid or too full of yourself mm -hmm. to even, um, you know, approach the next woman. You feel like they should come to you. Things of that nature. So all of those things are just really important to me now. Have you tried therapy? I have not started therapy yet. And people um, tell me, you know, that maybe I should. I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. um, I just, huh. mm -hmm. I just don't know. I don't know, Ina. We're going to have to maybe, you know, mm -hmm. second part of the year, you know, second quarter, we'll, we'll finally get into that. They can help you with that inner work you're talking about. Yeah. To dig down deep and expose it and, you know, work through it. You know, like you can, you can, you can face it and realize the the issue right and start the work yourself but yeah the therapy it helps to talk to somebody I know yes yes the well Tori repeat after me amen say man amen say man tell me one thing that you need and tell me one thing that you want one thing that I need a million dollars in a duffel bag would do me real <laughs> nicely right now I ain't even gonna lie. I would. I need that. I gotta have it. Let me but, hold uh, some too. Oh God, let me hold some. But now, nah, uh, one thing I really need right now is support. Like, mm -hmm. whenever I start back doing the things that I want to do, the things that I'm passionate about, I just would really like it. My my folks, my friends, my family, even the people that don't know me in the city, to support what I got going because I got good ideas, man. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to bring a different light to this city that I, I feel like, you know, hasn't been brought in a long time. Like, mm -hmm. I really just want to. I want to put on for Memphis as well as Mississippi. Um, but I want to show, you know, black girls that, hey, man, you can do this too mm -hmm. if you just be you. You know what I mean? You yeah. ain't got to go pop pussy. You ain't got to sell it. You ain't got to be loud and ghetto and irate on TV and go fight people for likes and views. Oh, I'm sick you of that. You ain't got to do none of that. All you got to do is be true to who you are. And yeah. 
and God will open doors for you. Right. Um, one thing that I want in regards to my show, I, w- I really want sponsors this year. I want people that, um, people and companies that are like-minded, that share the same visions that I have, not only for the show, but for their audience or, you know, however it is that they're trying to get their business to grow. I want to be able to use my audience to maximize their business as well as mine. Um, because I know when I start Tea Time with Tori Beck, it's going to grow exponentially every time that I have a show. Um, so I want them to really invest themselves into it too. You know, new sponsorships, new partnerships, new relationships in this season. I feel like every everybody can win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen, say Amen. Tell so me one thing that you're good at and tell me one thing that you're not good at. One thing that I'm good at is creating conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been that person. When we were in high school, uh, I used to be the one in class, like, hey, man, let's pick a topic. We finna talk about it. And we just debate the whole period. You know what I mean? We probably should have been doing work or something. But we had cool <laughs> teachers that would just let me, like, facilitate or whatever. Um, one thing that I'm not so good at, maybe maintaining um, relationships with men. I ain't, I don't think I'm really good at that. That's something I'm I'm realizing these days. So maybe that goes back to something that I want to, you know, in the future, a, a genuine relationship, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a marriage and a baby someday, you know, never know. Someday. Someday, you know, not 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 too much. We got a lot going on. We, we do. We trying to, but you know, I, I do want to find a person <laughs> that fits into my, my, my dreams and mm-hmm. that believes in me and I believe in them and then we can grow together. Yes, um, it'll all come to it. Yeah, it'll all come. Um, what are your thoughts on this new wave of guys doing these podcasts about toxic relationships? Lord, I don't know who <laughs> shipped the mic. Where, this my camera right here. Yes. Lord, if you can see me through this camera, I don't know who shipped them the microphones. Be it Amazon, FedEx, uh, UPS. DHL, take them back, Jesus, please. Take them back. Take them back, God. Because I, I promise you, if I see one more misogynistic man sit in front of a microphone and tell women what they should be doing or what they not doing enough of or whatever, I am going to literally scream. Like, <laughs> I don't talk about it enough on my platform because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to build up my content and create a calendar to which point I can talk about all these things. But mm-hmm. I am so, everybody think they deserve a podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody want to hear you, Otis. Like, ain't nobody come to hear you. Why do you feel like you are that important? Why do you feel like your your thoughts are so important and you're an alpha male because you got a microphone? Nigga, did nobody come to hear you speak? Like, it's just, man, I'd be like, you know defund what I think? the podcast industry. Defund the podcast industry. You know what? I think that because the barrier of entry is inexpensive yes and low maintenance yes that they can jump in and easily jump on social media yeah and say what they want and like we said earlier anybody can go viral anybody you say one crazy off the wall and they know exactly what they be saying and they're trying to trigger the women exactly they know exactly what they be saying to get those like views almost like a kevin samuels you know but it's Mm -hmm. like he gave birth to so many little minions oh wow we gotta close that that (laughs) hole uh, in the earth where they keep crawling out from because i'm Mm -hmm. getting sick of it yeah, and just like Kevin Samuels, he found his lane, and he was good at he it. He was we, good we at it. We might not agree on he it. He was good uh, at it. But he was good at what he did. But then, like you said, you saw a whole bunch of minions, and they're trying to take the crown. Literally. <laughs> like, who are y'all? Who raised y'all? Wow. Well, Tori, let's talk about some things that you got coming up. I know that you are hosting uh, the Galentine's Day event. I am. Galentine's Day. This will be the third year in a row that they've done Galentine's Day, and I promise every year it just gets better and better. I always do my Ten Commandments for Galentine's Day, which are lit. Definitely something to look out for. 
um, we have raw conversation. You know, I normally moderate the panel discussion. We get into some real stuff. And I don't prep my panelists. Mm -hmm. So you never know what I'm going to ask you, and you need to have an answer for me on the fly. Because I want it to be genuine. I don't mm -hmm. want people to have time to rehearse their answers and, oh, well, this person might like what I'm going to say here. So let me try to say this in my head three times and remember it. Like, I don't like stuff like that. So I always, you know, come in with real raw questions um, and just hope that they will be, you know, genuine and honest enough with the, the guests that are there so that they can really take something from it. Because like we said earlier, you get a lot of these brunches where people don't take anything from it. But people still talk about the very first Valentine's Day to this day. So I know that we've made a good mark. And to have it, you know, three years running, I feel like third time's a charm. This isn't going to be the best one that we ha we've had yet. So mm -hmm. Valentine's Day, February 11th. Um, I think it's 11 to 3 or 12 to 3. Good food, good conversation, great drinks, great music. We're going to have a good time. Location? I, the location is TBA. Okay. Um, I don't have it in stone right now, but okay. just follow uh, 901 We Rock, or you can follow me on my Instagram at Tea Time with Tori, and I'll be posting that information shortly. Okay, so we got that coming up, and Tea Time with Tori coming through Tea soon. Tea Time with Tori will be coming through soon. Still trying to find the right venue. Um, I got my eyes on a couple of places, still in talks with some people, and then, you know, got to get a few new sponsors um, and try to make those things work. But I feel like I feel like when I come back this year, it's definitely going to be the stay. Yes, I, I feel you. I, I feel that it will be as well. Um other than the events you got coming up um, and, you know, relaunching Tea Time with Tori, what are you excited about these days? Um, I don't get excited about much, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm one of those people that just kind of take it day by day. I try not to um, I try not to put my excitement into too many things because it, it tends to not go well uh, for me anyway. And I'm like, dang, I was so excited about this and it didn't work out. I think what I'm most excited about, this year, though, it's just summertime in the city, you know. Uh, I think this is our first real summer post-COVID. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to all the events, the networking opportunities um, that are going to be. Outside. Yeah, I'm going to be outside, babe. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be on the rooftop at the height if y'all looking okay. for me. I'm going to be at work, <laughs> too. But um, I'm really just excited about seeing what everybody else is about to pull, pull out, you know. Um, I know Curtis Givens got his birthday weekend coming up. Excited about that. Um, you know, all the festivals and things that go on in the summer that I never really get to go to. But this year I said I was going to be more intentional about going to things and making my presence known and networking, passing out business cards, talking to people. So I think I'm just excited to meet new people this year, like mm -hmm. broaden my horizons and see see a different side of Memphis that I really haven't immersed myself in before. Is there anyone that you want to work with in Memphis that you haven't yet? Anyone I want to... Um, well, my homegirl, Sydney Neely, me and her, we were talking about doing some things together, me and you. We're yes. talking about doing some things together. I would love to maybe, you know, do some radio stuff one day. Yes. You know I what can I mean? see it. Get my, get my feet wet there, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that would be the easiest avenue for all the interviews and stuff that I'm trying to do. And then, of course, I always say any celebrity or anybody of influence that comes through the city, I want to be able to reach them to. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for those of y'all that are watching, if y'all got some connects to these people, in my line. I know the perfect um, radio uh, connect that we need to talk about. Yeah, I would, I would love that, man. If I could audition for like a little wet. small segment or something, know. you know, even if I had Tea Time with Tori on the radio, that would be dope. Yes. You know what I mean? Just for like the interview segment when people come through the city, like that would be crazy. I, I feel like that would definitely, you know, boost my brand even more. People all over the city hearing me on that radio. So yes. that would be cool. And you know what? At one point where I would see you out, you were like working like, 
uh, like a Hebrew slave Girl. out here. I'm like, where you been? What's going on? But now uh, you're the GM um, over there at uh, the spot. Yeah, beck and call <laughs> at the highest century. So are you enjoying that? It's different. I would say it's very different. Nothing nothing like I, I've ever been used to. Nothing that I've ever done before. I mean, I've done it before, like running a restaurant, but... You know, to whom much is given, much is required. I'm still seeking adequate staff, and we are revamping our menus, our drinks, our food. We got a lot of great things coming, a lot of summer parties as well that we're going to head up, um, partnering with some people. We actually have a party coming up on February 4th with Gentleman Jack. Okay. Um, and we're going to, you know, have a DJ there, probably do a couple of tastings. We got some, we got three signature drinks with Gentleman Jack that we're going to present. So it's going to be, you know, cool. And I feel like each party is going to get better and better. We got a lot of major brands that we're going to associate with this year. Has downtown been busy for you guys? Downtown, I mean, well, it's slow season right now because it's cold outside. So um, it's not as busy as it does get. But as soon as it starts warming up, I know every day will bring something different. <laughs> That's so I'm coming, just, too. I'm just looking forward to the summertime for that as well, you know. Yeah. Makes the days go by faster. Well, Tori, I have truly enjoyed you on the Verbally Effective Podcast today. I know we've been talking about getting you in the chair for a long time. For a long time. And we've learned a lot about you, and I love your transparency. Thank you. Your honesty. um, You willing to tell us what you need to work on and, you know, how you plan to move forward. And I think that you're an awesome host. Um, I can see you, whether it's radio, TV, you got the look, you got the intelligence, you know, Queen of conversation. I just wish you the best of luck. And, and, see, and I com- want you to keep pushing. That's coming from any Esco, y'all. So I don't take that lightly. You got it. I don't take that you lightly. Got it. I'm talking about a legend. Well, baby. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. But I have seen the growth with you over the years. Don't and, um, you know, when you put the pause on, I'm like, girl, what you doing? But it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes we all need to, like you said, like regroup and yeah. figure out some things. But I'm looking forward to seeing what you have in 2023. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. So let the verbally effective audience know all of your socials and how they can continue to follow your journey. Well, I'm not really big on Facebook or anything. I really have a hard time never navigating been. that platform. No, I just never really been like that on Facebook. But I am on Instagram at It's Tea Time with Tori. I have a Twitter, but I'm not really active on it. I just go on there to laugh at other people's tweets. Um, so Instagram is really the best way to find me until, like, I come out with the website and launch business and all those things. So at It's Tea Time with Tori, that's my handle. And, um, yeah, y'all follow me, DM me. I would love to talk to y'all and get no to know TikTok? y'all a little bit more. I do have a TikTok at It's okay. Tea Time with Tori, but I have TikTok. not posted anything. You should start I know. anything you post on Instagram. I need to post it on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on that, too. Yeah. Baby uh, steps, baby steps. Because that's a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It's cra- very content-driven. So yeah. I think you'll do really well on TikTok, too. But thank you, Tori, for joining me. You are indeed verbally effective, <laughs> honey. The queen of conversation, the GM over there at Hyatt Centric, and, of course, the host of Tea Time with Tori. We look forward to everything that she has going for 2023. Don't forget about that Valentine's Day event on February 11th. Follow Tori on your socials to get all of the recent updates as it comes up. Um, And thank you guys for joining me on the Verbally Effective Podcast. You know, I'm going to tell you one more time, hit that subscribe button. Y'all can do everything. Y'all viewing, y'all posting, y'all engaging. But I don't know why it's so hard to hit that subscribe button. I need you to hit the subscribe button and follow us on all streaming platforms. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.